0: This is the Studio Alchemy Podcast, episode 110, an interview with Sabrina Ward-Harrison. Our quote of the day comes from Stephen King in his book on writing, a memoir of the craft. He wrote, what are you going to write about? Anything you damn well want. Anything at all, as long as you tell the truth. In the end, it's about enriching the lives of those who will read your work and enriching your own life as well. It's about getting up, getting well, and getting over. Hello, everyone. The purpose of this podcast is to explore creative ways to transform our lives using the artistic process. Alchemy was the ancient study of changing materials from one thing into another, and we all do this every day. Every choice you make is transforming our world. On this podcast, we hunt for the wise balance between accepting what is and taking empowered action. My name is Addie Hirshton. I am an artist. I sign my paintings with the name Vita. I teach art classes and have written a few books, including my new book, The Alchemy of Symbols. To find out more about my projects, classes, and to sign up for my art newsletter, I invite you to go to my website, StudioAlchemy.Art. And now for our topic of the day an interview with Sabrina Ward Harrison. Today I am going to be interviewing Sabrina Ward Harrison. And Sabrina is a mixed media journal writer. So I'm going to describe her. She's the author of several books. And I discovered her many years ago, just after her first book came out, the first book was called Spilling Open, The Art of Becoming Yourself, came out in 1999, when she was only 23. And when I got hold of this book, I was really inspired. And the the things within it really resonated with me. Partially because I was at the same stage of life that Sabrina was at that time, Uh, you know, new adult, appreciating and loving my parents, but wanting to become myself and and get out there and say what I want to say. and And I think that the best artwork it it reflects back to the viewer something really honest and true about what the artist is saying. So I saw myself within that book um and have felt like i know sabrina all these years because of it and she you know i hope she appreciates that it's been wonderful over the years to see each book come out and um now sabrina teaches creative writing and art making classes in addition to the books that she writes and I took the popular online course, Liberate, Make the Book You Most Want to Find, and it really helped me to plan and write my latest book on symbolism. It, in the class, you had all kinds of prompts that were surprising and heartfelt, and yet at the same sort of time, sort of playful, um, so it was just, it was a really fun class to take, and i loved it. And I'm so, so thankful and pleased as punch that Sabrina has agreed to come on the show today. Sabrina Ward-Harrison,
1: welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Addie. I'm really thrilled to be here. Wonderful, wonderful. I am very, very pleased to get to chat with you. It's, it's um, a wonderful introduction, just making me think of back to those years. And I always, I, I remember so viscerally, still to this day, I'm still in awe when I hear somebody talk about discovering the book because I couldn't fathom somebody at that time somebody that I didn't know because this was before social media yeah was going to find my journal somewhere and I would never maybe ever know them in my life but that they would be reading my journal and the idea that that something I shared so personally could be discovered and bring solace to someone else was just in connection and um, it's just to this day still it's like this I can't quite believe it that 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 the power of what a book can do putting into the world. And that the thought of like, I just could have not done it. I just could have not done it. And uh, so it's that that's crazy. And it's just commending you for the book. you brought forth and it's, it's a a powerful thing. And it's such an intimate thing to share books. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, I quite agree. So my first question for you is what is the story of how you became an artist? And I know you, Cover a lot of that material in the books that you've written, maybe there's one small story or one little snippet or something that that our listeners could hear that would inspire them from your story and what prompted you in that direction
1: I think i I think I was always born someone that was curious i was I wanted to be an archaeologist when I was little, like that was just the thing I was going to discover. I always thought I was discovering artifacts and you know Indian um, remnants and and so I I felt I was always curious about textures and colors and secret things and hidden things and um, I remember my mom we lived in, in Montreal and she would put all these textures around on the cabinets on the in the kitchen and as a little baby I would just be feeling textures and colors and just having that tactile experience of of different the the feeling of different elements. And I think I always loved combining those things together. Um, my father was a photographer and then became a filmmaker. And he was sort of teaching himself photography and um, in the basement, uh, dark room I, that he'd made in Montreal. And uh, I think I just it, it was infused in me something about capturing a moment capturing um, an emotion and I went on to not, you know, then I went off to school and was never sort of good at anything and art-wise, I'm like, I can't draw horses or, you know, I can't draw I and mean, I can't paint, quote-unquote, I can't, you know, take a little watercolor thing and make some a house very well, so I kind of wrote off that, um, but I, in high school, I, I, I discovered photography for myself and um, that emotion um, behind, that you could see through the lens and just that that moment, the truth was sort of shown in the face, and then I was drawn to wanting to add words to that and feelings to that and colors to that and and that was the beginning of combining imagery and words um, and to this day that's just what I'm really passionate about wonderful yes
0: well, I love how you infuse your writing with the layers of mixed media collage with the photography and you know you use your own handwriting, and one of the things that was most refreshing to see in your books is is you're using the personal handwriting and you, and it's messy and it's it's rough and textured as you're saying um and I really love that, but particularly the writing um you know, when the stories that you would have in your books they're personal um even though you give this these little snippets, I can still see the whole picture. I feel like I know your dad, you know, this sort of, thing. um, you know, how, you know, how did that process of combining the words with
1: the images? How did that style evolve? I think, well, when I think of what I was influenced by at that time, it was, a, it was the Nike ads in the nineties that were like, just do it Uh, you're not your mother's daughter and it would be like these really beautiful whole series of of portraits and then sort of this writing beside them and there's a there was a there was a way graphic design changed to be to do this sort of personal there's something that happened in the culture that was that was addressing that was more about bold portraits and then sort of truthful writing but it was in it, it was on the design level that I really responded to it and um it's it and I think I've just always had a love for typography so I love the challenge of trying to make text work into an image because it's very tricky and that's what I think that is a big thing I, I teach and try to really um, share with my students is that sense of how to find that balance because it can so easily become mucky and um and and so there's a softness of doing it in pencil or then thick you know a Chinese brush or more of a uh, pen and ink or um oil pastel like everything is you and even the cadence of how words emphasizing certain words versus other words and just how the, the the sizing is different and everything's was very intentional in my book pages. Okay. Like there's a reason why something would be maybe written along the side in pencil. Like it's like in the musical notes and more quieter. So, you know, what needs to feel more like a secret whisper, what needs to be like an exclamation. Okay. So, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Do you
0: collect um, or hoard, you know, whatever word we want to use, uh, you, you know, images magazines do do you you gather things and then have them in boxes and then you're (sighs) get them out and make a mess and, and respond to to a collection of things
1: i think years ago i did i think i have i think when i was just starting out and i was making kind of my first initial collages but i think now i i use my own a lot of my own imagery but I love found, like I love old found, you know, newspaper clippings or catalogs from the 1880s and you know, just, yes. but I have, I just have, I have so much stuff. Always just different bits of paper and different bits of selected, you know, edges of p- other other pieces that I cut off and then I have them to collage into something else and, yeah. Um, it's a whole situation. I, when we moved out here to Wisconsin, I just got, I was married a couple of years ago and just, you know, taking the archive of work and bringing it, actually putting it into the space here. And just like my husband, him, you know, just what is in all these boxes? You know, just, oh my God. The the years of wildness and, and creating collaging. I even found something in my car. This is always bizarre. Cause in a lot of things in my, my first book's *Filling Open, I really didn't use a computer very much. So I would do something where I'd want to lay some type, sometimes lay text over it and I'd get it printed out on clear vellum, clear plastic at like the copy store. And then I would tape it over the artwork. And I found a little piece on my seat of a little bit of a printed out bit of typography from an assignment I did in college that then I put into my page of spilling open and a little bit had fallen off one of the original pages of the book and it was sitting in my car in 2023. I'm like, I've been so many places with all this stuff and then it ended up in Wisconsin, still with me in my car, you know, <laughs> 25 years later. So a little bit yeah. still follow me and surround me for sure.
0: Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, I love going to, antique stores or wherever and i'll find the old magazines and then i take them home and then i clip and i cut and i have a big box that's just got just the images so that we do collage here at the studio people can just grab and and respond to the image really quickly yes yes that's great it's like i do think it's the one thing i hoard is (laughs) these images. yeah yeah nice so what projects are you currently working on? You know, I enjoyed the liberate class, but you know, what what's new? What's 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 going to be unfolding in the future?
1: Yeah, what feels exciting right now is putting kind of the whole the arc of what um my so the the teaching methodology all together. So it's I really see it being the first course being on tether Full color life and then liberate. So it's about kind of the creative liberation and then getting into more confidence with your in in untether. And, and then full color life is of course it's really about understanding color and getting back into your writing and understanding more about collaging and just going deeper with that. So you build up a sense of your own confidence in your work and pushing boundaries and making bigger work. And then after that, you're you're all set to go to sort of get into bring forth your book and liberate so i've never i've never offered all three kind of in available at the same time for people to be able to start to do the, them in sequence like if i was going to have a sabrina art school this would be my correct this would be my curriculum okay. so i'm putting those three they're all they're all done and it's now just um releasing them so i'm going to have a 2024 liberate that's opening in the end of january beginning of february okay and then full color life will also be opening and then untether is still is is out so um i it's it's my books and my courses feel like their own kids like they, i don't know if you feel uh-huh. this with your books but it just feels yeah. like they have the life of their own their own energy and you kind of are trying to feed them and care for them and keep them Yeah. You know, keep them going and happy.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'm curious, you know, I love teaching Mm -hmm. art because it's so meaningful to to help Mm -hmm. people figure out what they want to say and express it. And there can be hesitation and then they they spill forth, you know, and it's it's this wonderful, wonderful process. At what point did you, you get drawn to the teaching and transition to that or what do you love about teaching yeah well
1: it's funny because that's how I started with the teaching the the oh. art of becoming yourself was actually a class I made in art school before I, I made feeling open yeah okay yeah that's, that's familiar okay <laughs> so I invented this little class called the art of becoming yourself which was a class I would have wanted to take when I was like in third grade to just help that right at that point where girls start of not trusting themselves anymore and they're not you know, wanting them to just claim their expression and journals, and and they're now like these the students that were in that class are like now, now married and you know running big companies in New York and stuff like that. But they were my they would come up to my sunroom room in Berkeley and uh, just use alternative art supplies and ink and you know gesso and letter set and and so I. And then the moms would come to pick up the kids or the dads and they would say, we want this class. And so then I started teaching workshops and I taught I've taught those for a couple of decades um, around the world. And then I just began to create. I thought it'd be wonderful to offer this to people that aren't able to come travel to me or um, an easier option. So it was great to find because I thought I can't do an online course. It will be so stale or something. But it actually like if I do it my way, it's not going to be so yeah. Was, yeah 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 hopefully that's for your experience of liberate it it's not like a then you do yeah. this and then you do this
0: no yeah it still has a fluidity and a you see how other people are responding and growing and the questions they have. yeah it's yeah yeah it spills alive <laughs> It doesn't. Yeah. It yeah wonderful so my last question for you i've just finished writing a book on symbolism and I'm wondering what your favorite symbol is and why I
1: for me um well can the red tail hawk be one yeah of course is that a yeah so for me it's been the red tail hawk is um I was I was mentioning before about like the Celtic runes and I always did I used to do the runes all through through um college in my 20s and um I would pull those, um, and they're just little stones with with symbols on them. And so I remember the warrior rune, <clears throat> warrior rune, and also the brick, the breakthrough rune. And so it, that came to my my mind this morning, preparing for this. Um, but the red tail hawk has been something that's been such a symbol to me throughout the places I've lived, from California to now in Wisconsin. And it's been something of courage and confidence and strength and protection and one just passed across the way yesterday as I was driving home and yeah my my husband has one on his chest um that was actually showed had showed up on our balcony a couple years ago and it wasn't I don't think it wasn't actually it wasn't a red tail hawk but it was a hawk and it was and we got a photo of it and so that that's on his chest um Hmm. but that and then he wanted to get a bear on the other side and just with his mouth open. I'm like, I don't, I can't do a big bear on your, can't do a growling bear. And yeah, <laughs> I can't be looking at that every time I look at you. Um, Anyways, that's a side note. So, yeah, yeah so the is, Rachel, it, how-
0: is it a symbol that you guys, uh, it's like a joint symbol, like, like it represents each other or just no. sort of separately came to this symbol as being important?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. He chose his, that for himself. And then I and I also had, uh, his represents his stepfather who passed away. And for me, um, it represents my time in California in the Redwoods and living okay. in the, along the coast there. And I would drive and I'll try to send you a picture of one of the, I took these amazing photos of the, the red-tailed hawks there. And mm-hmm. um, so when I came here and I saw them, it, it reminded me of, of the peace I had there. This Wisconsin's a long way from the Redwoods of California. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: oh Yeah. Wonderful. Well, any final thoughts for our listeners? Any any I don't know. Anything springs to mind us
1: I'm just I'm just there. really moved by what you're putting out into the world and I just I just was introduced to your podcast. You introduced me to it and I just started listening to it in the bath and um, I'm so glad you're you're talking about the, uh, talking about this and making um, bringing attention to to sort of paying attention to the symbols in our life and what do you feel your symbol is right now or this past year this coming year for you?
0: Oh, my symbol right now that's a great question. So uh, what springs to mind is the snake, which I've never thought of myself as a snaky person, if you will, but I had a dream that there was a big snake that came up out of the floor. Uh, near the front door, and then it slithered through the back of the house. And at first, I was scared, and then I was not. I said, "It's okay." And then, Sabrina, a real snake came uh, into my garage, and it turned out that it was a, um, a endangered species, and and harmless. You're not venomous or anything. So my boyfriend and I, we were able to trap it and then take it to the stream across the way and but so that i had that fun encounter with the snake so wow um, yeah um that's that's the animal of the moment um or symbol of the moment if you will but i think you know snakes are a very powerful symbol. they they shed their skin as they grow Mm -hmm.
1: so i love that image i i also have a thing where i I i'm not drawn to snakes and yet i pulled um the last card i pulled when i did some Pulled to a card um, a few a month ago and it was a snake from the from the wild unknown um, animal card deck okay symbol and I just couldn't believe when I read it I think but okay. it was about the confidence to just put your stuff out there in the world and put it out there and I think there's a part of me that can hold on to things like I don't know and people will, and then like just put your gifts out there in the world and offer them and share them and got to do it right now so yeah I was like come on Serena so
0: yeah 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 well you know one of the best things about having this podcast is that it's given me an excuse to chat with people who I have you know like yourself who I know and love but they don't know me or Mm -hmm. what so it's been wonderful to chat with you um, and to have taken your class and gotten to know you better through that. So thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate
1: it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Eddie, for oh, having you're me. You're
0: welcome. You're welcome. Okay. This concludes the Studio Alchemy podcast. May these thoughts and stories comfort and heal your spirit. May you be filled with inspiration. May you be like the lotus flower and build your home in the muddy water. May you
1: find your voice.